Hello, and welcome to Stable Discussion. Now I'm coming to you in video. Oh, video. <laughs> hey, Ben. Hey, nice how's it going, Dylan? Uh, yeah, it's going, it's going good. It's a good day. It's been a very exciting couple of days. I actually had um, some days off, and uh, the last day off I had was Tuesday. And mm -hmm. then everything happened on Tuesday. Uh, so to me, it was Christmas. Christmas, wrapped in New Year's, wrapped in birthday, wrapped in uh, birthday cakes. <laughs> and Christmas just kept coming, I know. Yeah. Uh, so so what, Tuesday was GPT-4 and a bunch of other things. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday for me, was yesterday, was uh, uh, mid-journey. Very yeah. excited about that. Um, and then we even had a little bit more news today. So it's been a, been a crazy, crazy week. And it's only Thursday, so... Yeah, you know, so Friday could, day. could bring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just call out the fact that um, last week we were just talking about some stuff. <laughs> we're not, well, of course, we're talking about how crazy it's going to be every week because we know that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But we were talking about um, at the end of the day, the idea of multimodality, you know, having like pictures and text and uh, how I said, I'm like, oh, it'll be months before we have to even think about that. And mm -hmm. Literally, like within a week, um, you hear that GPT 4 is multimodal i'll talk all about that and why that's interesting we kind of touched on it last time but that's that's just a reminder that um i'm always going to be wrong either by being too optimistic or not optimistic enough one of the two mm -hmm. the NFT. yeah the, you know what can you do yeah <laughs> there's only there's only so much uh guesswork that you can have and uh you know <laughs> Yes, it's that, it's that quote. It's like, it's really hard to predict things, especially the future. I can't remember. That's exactly it. That's oh, what it feels yeah. like. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it's crazy. It, make, it does make me wonder just how much money has been spent on this in the past. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, not all this stuff just happens overnight. I mean, it's great because there's an awesome ecosystem of open source uh, tools out there. Um, some of which we've been using uh, a, a bit throughout the like recent weeks. Um, but, uh, you know, it takes a while for this stuff to, to evolve. Um, we talked about that in a, our first episode about, about the whole history of this. But mm -hmm. uh, just how fast these changes keep coming tells you just how much work was already put into this. Yeah. Where we are it was, today. It was like a, it's like a dam for a situation, you know, like that dam was mm -hmm. built a long time ago uh, mm -hmm. to contain all of the research of AI. And it just kind of hits its limits. Um, mm -hmm. And in my mind, that limit essentially is uh, functional usability. Um, mm -hmm. And as soon as that limit was kind of crossed, that line was, was, you know, was stepped over. It's like everything that was almost there suddenly had an, an avenue, an opportunity to kind of just slam its way through. And, you know, there's um, tons to be said about the technology specifically that is enabling this. I think that, for example, uh, natural language is a big mm -hmm. part of the fact that um, it's like it's like an intermediary. We're even looking at this today to some degree together. Um, the yeah. ability of naturally being able to communicate with something and have it do things intelligently is something that we take for granted amongst people, but not with computers. We always assume, mm -hmm. and I think I grew up, and here in this, and I think you did too, mm -hmm. um, computers are actually dumb. Mm -hmm. And they yeah. are. like They're really good at doing the thing you tell them to do exactly mm -hmm. how you say it in the language that they understand. Mm -hmm. um, that's changing. Yeah. And the belief that yeah. computers are not creative or that they they mm -hmm. can't be these like intuitive leaps um, that you have to be very command and control um, and that, you know, two people even doing the same thing should always get the same result. Like there's some some determinism there. Yeah. Yeah. This um, is very non-deterministic. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that's going to be a thing to contend with, I think. That's going to be a thing that we'll struggle mm -hmm. to understand and grasp for a while. But it'll be mm -hmm. very exciting. You know, determinism <laughs> is... Whatever, boring. Excitement. Yeah. Give me some some curveballs. <laughs> exactly. Um, do you want to do a quick run through of the week? Um, yes. Of just yes. sort of what all the all the details are. Yeah. Let me let me start with Monday of this week. So mm -hmm. um, I, I follow people on Twitter and talk about this stuff all the time, and it's uh, I think a lot of people are kind of saying the same thing. Like, wow, what a week! Um, and uh, I I appreciate why. So I'll kind of talk about some things that are relevant, and I'll probably even share some screens of things that are really cool. But mm -hmm. let's start with Monday. This is actually one of those things that might be um, a sleeper hit. Like, which the, the relevance doesn't seem very important now, but give it some time, and it will be, I don't know, more fundamentally changing um, in regards to how we interact with computers and anything else. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I'm talking about is uh, Stanford. 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 <laughs> That's a 
That's how you pronounce where I'm from, Stanford. Um, um, Stanford are producing alpaca. Um, mm. So alpaca is a very interesting thing. So um, I'll give you some history on this because it's fascinating. Um, so Facebook has a very strong AI lab. Um, they have a fantastic lab. Um, there's some really strong people there. Um, they have been working on language models for a while. And they had some actually cool stuff that came out last year. They got a little bit... Um, they got a little bit of trouble let's stay with the community for some of that stuff mm. um it's hard it's hard it's hard for every lab to know or any lab to know that what the release is going to turn out well it can either go great or and people would be like oh whatever what's a hallucination here or there mm. or it'd be like no this is this is absolutely wrong you're a bad person for releasing this they had <laughs> something called galactica which was this thing that they released um that was for it's a language model trained on research data and like science mm-hmm. um it was interesting it was very fascinating but they ended up like Restricting it, closing it down because they got a lot of mm. negative feedback. Didn't mm. deal with that, but I had a taught them lesson or maybe given mm. some anxiety. And so, yeah. um, when they had some new language models that they made, um, and and these models are are made kind of to compete against the the current leader, which is like OpenAI, really, because um, yeah. you know OpenAI has GPT three and they have now GPT four, which we'll get into. Um, mm. But there's not a lot of other things that are open source and easy to use that are close in quality. Mm-hmm. There are some. Google has uh, one thing they released, um, uh, Flan T5, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a couple other small things here and there. And there's plenty mm-hmm. of works. So um, what happened, though, was Facebook's like, we made some things. And there are, there are like, a few different sizes. We have like some small, medium, large. It's very common to do that because the smaller it is, um, the lower quality it is in terms of how big it is. And then we talk about um, size here in regards to parameter counts. We mentioned mm-hmm. that last time. Parameters are like, you know, how we roughly, and it's not a complete and perfect science, how we roughly understand um, sort, of, sort of the size of the brain. The more mm-hmm. parameters, the bigger the size of the brain. A lot of, it's really simplification, but it's a good rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. So they released like a couple of different parameters, um, parameter size models, and um, they didn't list it to the public. Like, if you want to get this, you have to do join a waitlist, and then you can get access to the model who sent to you. And it immediately leaked. Like within like mm-hmm. <laughs> within like a day or two, it's made mostly for research, but of course some researcher got access to it, put it up on um, a torrent, and it was even snarky enough to make a PR to the documentation on the repo with a link to the torrent saying, "Or oh, you can get it over here if you want." It was it was <laughs> very smart. Um, nice. So then everybody had access to it within a day or two. Um, mm-hmm. And why that's interesting is because um, this is kind of the moat um, that companies create around these models is that mm-hmm. they will give you an access from the API, but they hold on to the actual binaries, the actual code itself, um, mm-hmm. the actual compiled EXT files, we call it. Um, so um, the fact that it released also gives an opportunity to people who are in the community, a lot of really smart researchers who have a lot of talent, a lot of knowledge, don't have the mm-hmm. money to make these really big models, now have mm-hmm. already made and are able to fine tune them. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like stable diffusion. If you remember stable mm-hmm. diffusion, and that came mm-hmm. out. What well, ended up happening after a few months? Tons mm-hmm. of people to fine tune them, make their own versions. Some of them are actually even better in some ways. It's able to fusion core at doing certain things. Mm-hmm. The exact same process is happening. And in mm-hmm. fact, they've been able to make this one of the models. Um, Stanford got access to this and then made one and they shared it because like, why, like, why not? It's already out there. Um, mm-hmm. That is uh, a 7 billion parameter model. And that wow. can run on a, like a pretty decent computer graphics card or as like a map macbook not mm. on the cloud on your machine and mm. fine-tuned and you can fine-tune these things for anywhere from 100 to 500 dollars worth of effort which is not mm-hmm. cheap but mm-hmm. it's not tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars it is mm-hmm. approachable by a wide party of people mm-hmm. and it'll get cheaper and faster it seems like mm-hmm. because yeah. fine-tuning it is is doing all the same cool things so this, what that really yeah. means though is yeah. that this is becoming much more accessible Mm-hmm. Um, so whether or not you believe in like, you know, open AI is going to, you know, eventually charge a bunch of money for this, or there's going to be these kind of gateways in, in, in kind of everyone's way in terms of being able to even access this stuff. What we're really kind of seeing is like, that's becoming less and less the case because a lot of these researchers are really interested in the public good, uh, in having mm-hmm. these available for everyone, um, in having other people be able to contribute to them and, and grow them. And so, you know, it, it's, it's again, uh, 
the cat's out of the bag. We're doing this. Um, We're going further in this. And it's not any one organization that's that's in on this. Um, Stanford wasn't even on my radar uh, until until this announcement. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's the thing. Like there's Mm -hmm. uh, tons of organizations that are also just springing up seemingly out of the ether, it feels like, Mm -hmm. that are um, filled with talented people. With mm-hmm. and there's a really interesting ideological battle happening in Silicon Valley and around the world, mm-hmm. really. As um, you know, there's a lot of researchers out there who have been very strongly speaking about the dangers and the benefits and the opportunities that come with AI, the future. And now the future is kind of here, so it's kind of like um, put your stake in the sand at a moment, you know, like the um, you know, like make or break. Either you mm-hmm. commit to your ideals and you find the group of people who also have the same ideals and you push for them um, or just sit back and enjoy the ride. And, and I think a lot of people, there's plenty of people in the world, hundreds of thousands of people out there who are like, no, 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 no. I'm going to, I'm going to stake my claim to this. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to kind of guide it in a certain way. And we're getting <laughs> so much of that. It's kind of dramatic. It's like, if you like enjoy watching like <laughs> interpersonal drama, like <laughs> reality TV, it's kind of like that on a larger scale, with potentially more significant ramifications, um, but still less toxic. You can see on Twitter mm-hmm. that just like sling mud at each other, and uh, sometimes they kind of like bond over some emotional like, oh no, we're all gonna die, um, mm-hmm. or maybe not moment. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's fascinating stuff. Uh, and I think I had to make it fun, or else I'll <laughs> go crazy. So you know, what do you do? Um, yeah. yeah. So that's that's that. That was the first one. Um, the next thing to talk about, I'd say, is Tuesday. Tuesday was a big day. Do you want to start mm-hmm. on Tuesday? Talk about GPT-4, Ben. Talk sure. about that. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm definitely going to share my screen um, as soon as I can actually figure out what that is because uh, we're using a whole new whole yeah. system for this too. Um, yeah, we're doing video stuff. Yeah, exactly. Unless something went terribly wrong. And in that case, we're not doing video stuff. But um, I'm <laughs> we'll have to we're really trying. I, I, think, I think it's looking well. It's a little uploading button in the corner. I see, yeah. uh, I see your screen. Um, ah, fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. That did take a minute to kick in, but that's okay. We'll yeah. keep that in mind. Um, so effectively, I had asked GPT-3.5 or the previous GPT model um, about uh, this this myth that I had heard. Um, I'm not sure if it's... Uh, now I'm more sure that it's a myth, but I had heard that you know when you consume alcohol, there's certain gut bacteria that you lose irrevo- irrevocably. Like it is mm-hmm. out of your body and it will never recover. Um, and so, you know, I was trying to figure out, okay, I've heard this and I, I have kind of just de facto believed it for a very long time. Um, and I was kind of curious, okay, am I right about this or is, is this something pretty much wrong? Um, and you know, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty much wrong uh, according to both GPTs. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, but, uh, effectively GPT three, whenever I asked it, Hey, can you give me some source information for this? Um, some, some details about, you know, is this true or not? Um, it gave me some links, but those links were uh, 404s. Those pages did not exist. Yeah. They didn't go anywhere. Um, now, this is, of course, running on the uh, new chat GPT-4. Uh, and now you can see there's really good bibliography references, years, titles, um, you know, organizations that these are from. Uh, and then if I click on one of these links, um, which I cannot do here, but believe me, these links go to actual pages. Um, and you can actually uh, kind of persist through, which is uh, pretty awesome. Um, and a, and important. Yeah, because yep. because we know, as you know, and we've talked about, these things hallucinate all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, how do we know it's not hallucinating? Is if it can cite its sources, really. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, I tried a couple different things. Um, I've, I've done more uh, work with coding uh, against it. Um, I've, you know, of course, my day job is uh, being a technical consultant. So I spend a lot of time kind of coding on different problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hit a pretty hard problem this week. I uh, had an error that, uh, you know, the documentation didn't make sense to me. Uh, Stack Overflow really couldn't help me. I was kind of poking around at different things, couldn't find an answer, asked ChatGPT about it, um, and it could kind of iterate on it. There there were still times where in the GP4 space, it doesn't quite understand what mm-hmm. exists. It is hallucinating still. Um, but when clarified, it does a much better job of now relatching on to a real solution um, and kind of going forward with that rather than just uh, kind of sitting and spinning because uh, previous versions would, um, it would kind of just bounce back and forth. Like mm-hmm. it would kind of choose two fake answers and then you'd be <laughs> like, no, that's not true. And it would bounce over to the other one. <laughs> you could see it's kind of short circuit of it. Actually. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it was fascinating. You know, it's really weird. I think increasingly as these 
things get complex and get um, mm-hmm. more intricate in their like nuance of and and, and larger and, and and more powerful. It's mm-hmm. like it's like um, pseudo personalities are coming out of them. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of that is is by design. Uh, a very mm-hmm. good example is um, you know if you ask these models, hey, what's your opinion on you know what the favorite, what, what the best fruit is? Simple, mm-hmm. non-controversial thing. Even though it's not controversial, it will be like this is. Who knows? This is a personal question. You might like citrus fruits, and these are some <laughs> lists of citrus fruits here. You might like, you know, um, tree fruits or whatever it is. And here, like, I like berries, and it'll kind of talk about the pros and cons. And that's mm-hmm. that's obviously by design with GPT four, and probably by uh, design with many other models we'll see in the future. Maybe not the ones that we can fine tune though, um, mm-hmm. because uh, these large organizations do not want to <laughs> stir the pot. They want to avoid drama as much as possible, um, mm-hmm. and and that's a fascinating thing. You know that that's. That's a that's an impact on our collective psyche that mm-hmm. should be very interesting to see. <laughs> so the personalities that they have are partially by design, partially mm-hmm. just by their inherent nature because of how they've been taught and what ratio of like GitHub repositories they have in them versus um, you know Facebook comments <laughs> they have in them. <laughs> I don't think I have any Facebook comments in them. I think that'd be a terrible <laughs> idea. But like that sort of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. um, it's fascinating. It is. It is. Uh, um, so, but that was the big one on Tuesday yeah. for me, at least. But there was a number of other ones I know that um, are a lot closer to your to your heart, especially yeah. uh, Adept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, let me kind of go through the list for Tuesday. Just I'll just <laughs> knock it out real quick. Evenings cool. are really interesting, um, and then we'll go all these to um, you know like today, which is Thursday. So GPT four out is available on you know um, uh, Copilot. That's a flight in, in the Chat GPT. But it only for paying. Plus. Yes, yeah. only for paying. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I found out today that Bing is now seemingly, seemingly opening their doors up so you can use the Bing version of the chat, which we found out is actually using GPT-4 under the hood. Maybe not mm-hmm. the same model that you see in chat, but the same family of models. Um, and that is hooked up to the internet. So it'll be even better at giving you sources. Interesting mm-hmm. thing, go give it a shot. Then mm-hmm. you have um, Anthropic. Anthropic is a company that um, is very fascinating to me. They're a company that came out of um, I'm pretty sure they're the one that came out of um, OpenAI. Um, hmm. A lot of old OpenAI developers and other developers over the time, over the years, um, left OpenAI because they felt like they weren't focusing enough on, um, you know, uh, alignment is a term to use, which is making hmm. sure AIs don't kill us all. That's, I hate using that terminology, but that's a really good shorthand for what they're really worried about. Um, hmm. There's other things about alignments. Make sure that when I tell it, hey, can you do X for me? It does it exactly the way I want it to do, and I don't have to kind of do as many back and forths. That's kind of alignment as well. But the real, mm-hmm. the real meat and, and bones is let's make sure we're safe. Mm-hmm. So they released Claude. Claude is a, a model that they are now allowing you to access through a waitlist. Um, you've had some chances to see it here and there, and it's actually quite good. And mm-hmm. um, uh, it's really good at being like sincere, not honest, not sincere, honest. It's very accurate, better than setting sources than most, um, and it's it has a, a lot of really cool specific training mechanisms that are unique to Anthropic. Like they have something, something called the, uh, what's it called? It's called the constitutional AI or hmm. constitutional uh, model where they basically wrote a constitution <laughs> for the model when they were training it and said, follow these rules. If you've heard of Isaac Asimov and his three rules of robotics, uh, it's really hard to not make that comparison. Uh, essentially the idea <clears> is <throat> that sci-fi story, you can make free rules. Don't, you know, Hurt people don't do things that by an action hurt people, uh, yada, yada, yada. Those, those kinds of rules. I, Robot, <laughs> kind of talk about this as well, too, with Will Smith, <laughs> who's controversial <laughs> today as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they, regardless, they release their own models. And, and I think <laughs> they're probably pressured to do so because it's now break, break, make or break. Um, a lot <laughs> of other people are, have to like, compete against opening eyes, increasingly cheap prices, and <laughs> increasingly powerful models, and they have to get out <laughs> there. So we're going to see a lot of this stuff. Including next on the list, Google Palm's API. They announced theirs. Now, this mm-hmm. is interesting because Palm has been known to be fundamentally the strongest um, language model, uh, potentially up till now. Who knows? GPT 4 might have actually edged it out. You know, it'll be hard to compare unless you have to get your hands on them both, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's fundamentally very powerful. We have to have them both take the SAT and see who's us better. That's, I think, the, <laughs> that's yeah, apparently yeah. the way that, that uh, some of those benchmarks were done, at least for, for GPT 4. Yeah, and that's hard because um, a lot mm-hmm. of these benchmarks are written. Um, uh, so you want to avoid something called uh, sort of like things called pollution, usually, mm-hmm. where uh, I'll give you an example. It's like um, 
it's like, let's say you got a test or a quiz to do, to write out. And um, uh, they also do this to study the day before. Mm. And when you study the day before, um, one of the things that you got to study with is um, the answer to the quiz. Like you saw the quiz mm -hmm. questions and the answer mm -hmm. below. And mm -hmm. so the next day you come to the quiz and it's like, okay, I studied, but I didn't really study. I just memorized. Mm -hmm. uh, so you want to avoid in the same, same vein. It, it's like overtraining. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Or even yep. just like a clear enough reference for it to recognize it in this context. Oh, mm -hmm. these questions are, I actually have the answers to already. So mm -hmm. really the best, the best um, benchmarks are tied to questions that don't already exist in a training um, corpus that's fed into mm. models because you can mm. get a real idea whether or not they're they're answering this from like um, you know finding connections that that don't already exist in their in their in their guts um, mm -hmm. versus um, just kind of repeating stochastically mm. on what they have. And um, mm. anyway, tend to decide Google Palm out, uh, not out. <laughs> Waitlist is, is announced and open. Uh, you know how that is. Um, yeah. I think they're they're giving pressure and they want to show off what they have. And you can mm -hmm. see some of that stuff on on Twitter. Um, you can see some of their, like, they shared some of the sort of, um, uh, let's say, uh, API that kind of how it works. And it's good. It's mm -hmm. nice. Um, but it's, it's you know, it won't count until people have their hands on it. And that'll mm -hmm. have to happen soon because, mm -hmm. you know, OpenAI is just eating their lunch. And Microsoft mm -hmm. is eating their lunch right now. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Um, next up is Adeta AI, a company I've been watching for a while. Um, they raised $350 million in, in funding. I think that puts their valuation... Um, in the, it's not billions, at least billion. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, what's interesting about them? Um, and let me let me just share my screen real quick about them because I just love showing off um, what they're doing and probably mm -hmm. why. And I think they're probably feeling pressure too because I, I bet you the things that they are working on um, are are um, kind of being uh, tackled to some degree by you know OpenAI through Microsoft mm -hmm. and Google. So yeah, let me mm -hmm. share my screen real quick. So. Share. First, I'm sharing my screen. What's what's what are the options? The screen and presentation. Which one did you, did you choose? Oh, I think I did window or the. Um... Cool. I'll do the screen. Yeah. Here we go. Share. I'm not sure which one that one was. Yeah. Can you see my screen? Good. Let's see. Yep. Coming through. Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What What's interesting about this over here is that. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, this is this is from last year, so this is already like old news. But they kind of yeah. showed us some of the cool things that are we're that looking are, at. Just for our uh, podcast listeners, um, we're looking mm -hmm. at an article. Uh, it looks like for yes. X one transformer for actions. Yes, if you go to adepts.ai, uh, mm -hmm. not dot com, adept.ai, <laughs> that's the website. Um, they, you can see more about what they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, just I won't go over too much. Um, but mm -hmm. the really cool things that they're trying to do are things like essentially allowing you to. Um, you know, talk to anything on your browser, like find me a house in Houston that works for a family of four, my budget is 600K, and it will then go do that work for you. It'll go into mm -hmm. uh, an app or website, do the search for you, click through buttons, put in, type in fields, do all of that for you until it gets an answer for you. Um, this is basically the, what, I, what I kind of think of as like the first pseudo real personal assistant that they're trying to make right now. Um, and they raise a lot of money. Um, they have some really cool things. They show off, like, you know, navigating websites. They show off um, using tools like Salesforce. Um, they show off, um, you know, things like Excel, which is now even particularly funny with some of the news we see later on. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, they're trying to create um, really a different sort of um, uh, uh, mechanism. They use the term transformer a lot because the transformer, mm -hmm. is, as we know or don't know, um, is the underlying technology behind basically all the advances of the last five years. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's why we have to degree, Palm, mm -hmm. um, Codex, Dolly. Well, well, that's something. Yeah. They, because mm -hmm. they, they, they've helped that imagine, um, mm -hmm. a, a lot of these, a lot of these different tools are all kind of made possible by, um, transformer. So they're like, why don't we do that? Same thing, but not for text, not for images, but for mm -hmm. actions, mm -hmm. so the actions on your behalf. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. They made a lot of money. They're hiring a lot of people too now. So if you're intrigued by something like that, look into them. It's it's uh, it's it's the wave of the future. Absolutely. So you had that. You had Google talking about um, something that I'll talk about at the, for Thursday. But they made their announcement on Tuesday, and this is their um, like their Google Workspace slash Google Docs slash Sheets, all that stuff um, mm -hmm. combined with AI. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you can get about it later. Um, but that's Tuesday. Mm -hmm. How does Tuesday feel to you? Tuesday is still a big deal, big gay, right? It's pretty massive. Um, I feel like 
uh, like aside from the thing that we're about to talk about with Google Gen AI, um, I think a lot of Google kind of felt a little underwhelmed <laughs> yeah. uh, compared to the other news. Um, I think everyone knows about GPT-4, but the fact that there's also so much other stuff out there and there's a lot of widths on this is, is pretty wild. Yeah, Tuesday feels feels very busy. It's it's incredible. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that I can squeeze through um, the first part of Wednesday. Wednesday <laughs> had some other nice things. I don't have to get into all of it, but the big one that I want you to talk about is yes. Mid-Journey 5. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'll jump into that, I guess, then really quick right now. Um, yeah, so Midjourney 5 uh, came out yesterday, um, and I was just just so happy to be hopping in Discord, kind of poking around and, and hopped in our channel uh, as they were talking about actually releasing it. Um, and I can go ahead and share um, some of the stuff that, that we were able to put together with it. Um, so uh, effectively, because GPT-4 was out and Midjourney was out, uh, I was able to take an article... Um, send that through GPT-4, ask it to create a prompt for mid-journey that was going to work great for creating a, a graphic to that, that page. Um, and this is sort of the result uh, that goes through mid-journey 5 uh, that it came up with. It's um, really incredible. It's honestly, this looks like a basically professional-grade graphic. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think the, the fact that it's doing so many different people is one of those like, really incredible things. Um, they were sharing a lot of stuff that, that, that they've been doing and, um, hands finally look good. Mm -hmm. Hands have been a really hard challenge for a very long time. You always had six, uh, six fingers and a thumb. So like yeah. seven fingered hands, uh, that looked really creepy at, at, at certain times. Um, so that's finally gone. Um, and, uh, one of the other things that I, th I thought was really cool, um, they actually have these, uh, grids now it, it, it kind of supports like an endless grid. So if you really always wanted that, desktop background with like a repeating pattern on it uh in a grid mm -hmm. mid-journey can generate that now where it'll like perfectly match all the sides of the grid um and that's that's pretty awesome uh, if you want to see this this image um you can kind of go to our um uh our our, our site on our, on our Substack, um and actually the the most recent post we just made about um how ai is sort of enabling everyone uh, this has it on there uh this other one you'll have to check out the video for because i did not post this anywhere um, but this is, uh, another, uh, one just from the previous podcast episode that we did, we had this kind of like robot that was like panning for, uh, for gold. Um, and, uh, the previous one that we'd done in mid journey, uh, for, uh, it was cute, but, uh, everything was a little bit kind of weird. This one's still weird in some ways. Um, but definitely the landscape feels a lot more realistic. Uh, the robot and, and like the reflection of the water, um, just look really incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's just a, it's really cool. Um, one of the things that they were mentioning about Midjourney Five is, at least right now, um, it's a lot less opinionated about how it outputs inf uh, images. Um, and so what they were saying was, right now you have to provide a much longer prompt to tell it how you want it to produce that image. Um, this is one of those kind of nuanced things about Midjourney because it's such a mm, artistic-minded platform. You do. Um, a lot of effort goes into it sort of reinforcing things that look good to the, to the general community. Um, and um, so there's some reinforcement there. And when they think of things being opinionated, it's sort of like aiming to fit that anyone can type in anything and it'll look good and sort of like what they like. Yeah. Um, the downside is if you have something nuanced that you want to make, um, that opinionation can get in your way. Also, but, the downside is that you probably are likely to get a very similar look and seal to everyone mm -hmm. else if it's too opinionated. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a, a large community of people on Midjourney playing around with it right now. One of the coolest things I think also is um, finally um, we can do uh, any aspect ratio. Uh, you can mm. kind of type in dash dash AR. Um, 16 by 9 was my favorite. Now it was like 3 by 2, which was, which was fine. Um, but it's just nice to have things back in 16 by 9 for um, all my D and D stuff that I use. <laughs> so let's let's sit on this for a minute before we get into sure. the last day, where we talk more about like your Microsoft Office and your Google Docs. Um, <sighs> this is a fascinating thing that I feel like um, the world is at a time hasn't enough time to sit down and kind of um, I don't know grasp because mm -hmm. so many things have changed since summer of last year. Um, in in the tech in you know world in AI 
you know, ChatGPT came out and stole the show away from, uh, you know, like image generation for a while, but it's still there happening. It's still improving in the background. Um, you know, I'm going to go on a small preamble and then I'm going to ask you some of your personal opinions. I'm going to get right into the, <laughs> right into the heart of fan. Uh-oh. Dangerous, <laughs> but okay. Uh, uh, I okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, there was a, there's a lot of complicated feelings that people have towards um, models making art. Um, it runs the spectrum from, if we want to say positive things, like, oh, wow, this is enabling me to do things I thought I could never do. Or, uh, you know, I, I have accessibility issues and I can't use, you know, certain, you know, uh, normal to use tools that people in the art scene use. Um, and this makes me feel more powerful in that regard. These are the really beautiful things that you kind of hear. There's the more, let's say, neutral things where it's like, wow, suddenly I can make game assets for myself, mm -hmm. or I can make uh, a cover for my little book I wrote for myself, or kind of add more art in my life um, that I, that feels to me and feel like I have more of a role in that. Um, and there's maybe more the more negative feelings, which are like, mm -hmm. um, this is taking away from my um, my stability and my livelihood. This is taking away from my passion, and this mm -hmm. is adding diluting or hurting an ideal of artistic you know, expression that I hold near and dear. You've heard the spectrum of feelings and thoughts. Um, but I think a lot of people felt, okay, well, these models aren't very good. They're okay, um, but hands, you mentioned. Hands are weird. You get a hand like this, kind of, you know? You get hands that kind of like this, and you're like, oh, I'm not really sure what's going on. The base looks great, but the hands are off. Um, mm -hmm. I think, in my mind, this increase isn't like this huge dramatic thing. It's not like, you know, going from 2D to 3D, but it's fixing problems. It's filling gaps that people kind of rely on for their own um, security, their emotional security. And so two-part question, number one, what are your thoughts about the overall emotional landscape of this? And more specifically, what do you think people who you know, were, you know, absolved or made to feel better about this, um, this progress, uh, pre five, you know, with the weird hands, um, mm -hmm. what do you think about, what do you think they're feeling now? What do you think they're thinking now mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. these models? How do you think that part of the competition is going? Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm really fascinated in thinking about how people are dealing with the changing world and people who feel all kinds of different ways from a lot of strong emotions and feelings. With all of this in mind, with all of the emotions behind generative, visual generative AI, um, what are your thoughts about how people are feeling overall, how people um, are dealing with the challenges and, you know, what they're going to feel seeing things like Majority 5 and probably things in the near future that are going to increasingly kind of um, break down the barriers that are currently between these generative models and human excellence yeah absolutely um no it's a it's a it's a really scary um i think i think fear is like the the probably primary emotion uh, i think there's also some really cool aspects to it as well um i think uh you know somebody who's really interested in um trying different art styles um, i find that artists are always dabbling uh, and trying new things out this is a dabbler's paradise type tool but at the same time, you have that deep investment in, you know, spending your life going into this and then having these tools that make it seem like anyone can just kind of generate something um, that, that can compete with, like, you know, what you've done. Mm -hmm. um, you can train those tools. You can train those um, stability uh, or stable diffusion models based on, um, you know, even your artwork. So if somebody could kind of replicate your style um, and that feels like a very type personal attack. Um, it's also, you know, of course, a very challenging uh, industry to be in um, if, if you are a designer or if you're an artist. Um, and uh, it's constantly a, a passion industry. Um, there's a lot of countries now that can kind of outsource a lot of that um, that type of work. Canada, um, we were Canada the, what, that. with like the Hollywood scene. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, great government grants help support the arts, but at the same time, it makes it really hard for us artists to compete. Um, 
and we're seeing a huge uh, uh, kind of influx of uh, new talent in Poland, Ukraine, um, and uh, Eastern Europe, um, where you know there are people there that are really willing to work hard to to do great stuff, um, and there's a um, an appetite um, for taking on big challenges. The thing about art is um, it is a very personal outcome. Um, and I find uh, with these tools, once you've actually kind of tried to use them and tried to get something more specific to like what your vision is, um, it's harder and harder to actually accomplish that. Um, you really need to spend a lot of time with a specific model. Um, and the more time you spend with these models, uh, as we talked about in our like AI FOMO um, uh, article, um, you know, there's always a new model. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, if you spend a bunch of time with the model that exists today, uh, it might go outdated. And all of that understanding, all that training, all that detail work that you've done to understand using it could just kind of go away. It could, it could, you know, you might not get a return on that. Yeah, ironically, I think you see even people who, uh, I saw an article today about somebody who fine-tuned their own model and um, all of the images out of it, they want to copyright. Um, and mm. that and that's complicated. <laughs> it's a complicated <laughs> thing. And it's an ironic thing considering the nature of these models and how they were formed initially. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not like people who love this stuff are immune from the challenges, emotionally speaking, uh, mm -hmm. that come from bonding with your own art, uh, mm -hmm. wherever that begin may be coming from. Yeah. I do think there's another part to this that I, it, at, at first, when you started asking the question, it, it kind of came up in my, in my thinking. And that is, um, you know, is this like, is this just a continuation of an existing problem to some degree? Mm. Globalization uh, think of, kind of globalization, but also like how people share things and how people sort of adopt um, anything and, and kind of already share it. If you think about even cartoon artists, um, a lot of times people create memes or they create, uh, they start sharing mm. some of these different, um, you know, pieces of work uh, without any sort of attribution to who created it. Um, that's terribly similar uh, to something mm -hmm. like Midjourney, where you, you know, you're taking this, this work, this kind of source, um, this idea of what looks good, um, you're, you know, pushing it out um and there isn't sort of a artist on the other side of that um so i think this is a continuation of an existing problem to some degree um yeah. one of the reasons why i think instagram is and and tiktok i guess are the only two things that i use is largely because they're fairly focused on you creating your own stuff uh there's not a lot of sharing there's some mm -hmm. but um but that's not the interesting thing that's not why people go there yeah um versus versus Facebook or Twitter or or some of the other places where sharing is the the primary. Yeah, I I heard though there's was an artist a couple of artists that are on Instagram who kind of revealed that they were using like Midjourney uh, for their mm. photographs and those had before. Um, mm. and they've been like black and white photography that's really great. Um, mm -hmm. and you know some people got really upset about that because they're like I I said you inspired me and I found out that your mm -hmm. thing is fake. Um, mm -hmm. I, so before we move on, I'm, I'm, here's my final thought. I feel like we're in this really, really, really emotional place. Um, and justifiably, rightly so. I, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to be moan or begrudge anybody these emotions because I completely appreciate how this is, um, a challenging experience. It, it challenges our preconceived notions as to what our lives would be when we grow up. It mm -hmm. challenges our preconceived notions as to what art is. It, challenges our preconceived notions as to what language is and how we communicate and how we share and how we live our lives fundamentally. Uh, and it feels like we don't have enough time to really get over the first challenge before a new one comes out. Um, so I, I think there's going to be a lot of people who feel absolutely overwhelmed, absolutely um, unable to de deal with uh, the changes that we're seeing. It, it started, I think, really with art uh, last year where the mainstream started to kind of come across this. It's starting now with, with um, language models. It'll continue to get more and more complicated. You'll see game assets to 3D models. You'll see people making small games in one prompt. I've already seen that actually. Um, mm -hmm. You'll see books, whole books written soon. Right now, GPT-4, this is a larger model um, that we'll have access to soon. We'll hit about 32,000 tokens and we'll go over tokens another day. Um, but that's about 25,000 words. Um, mm -hmm. For comparison, 
the current model you can use is about 4,000 words or 3,500 really. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, night and day in terms of size, almost 10 times the size essentially. Um, mm-hmm. What happens if that goes up one more time from mm-hmm. 25 to, you know, from about 100 to 25,000? Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, 25,000 to 250,000. And, you know, what happens when you go from 25,000 pages is about 45, 50 pages of a book mm-hmm. times 10, it's about hundred. That's a mm-hmm. decent size novel. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be with GPT five or six, potentially a larger model, maybe the Palm two or three that comes out. Um, you'll, they'll be able to make images as well. They'll be able to write textbooks for you. All of this stuff is just so mind blowing, um, that I can't, I can't begrudge anybody feeling like they need to take a step back and not talk about AI. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, um, and uh, she was just saying, like, I, I was talking to her uh, in, I think, October of last year, and she was asking me about AI. Because she's like, you seem to really care about this stuff a lot. Why? What's going on? Um, and it was great timing because I chatted with him out very shortly after this. Um, and uh, I was like, I think this is kind of a, like a don't look up moment. Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't seen that movie. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, there's this giant meteor coming towards Earth, and there's some people who, for whatever reasons, no no um, judgments on them, just aren't looking up at it. And some people who are. And it's it's like, uh, uh, this is significant enough that it's going to change everything in our lives. And I think this is something we're all feeling to some degree now, or if not all of us, maybe increasingly so. This is probably why you listen to our podcast. Um, so be, be kind to those around you. If you're excited about stuff, if you're really pumped like I am, try to be gentle with it. Don't like understand if someone else is feel excited, but they feel upset or anxious or nervous. So there's human beings. We're all human beings, and this is hard for all of us. Um, even me, and something that's very excited. I every once in a while I just think about the code. I'm like, this thing is rushing writing code. It's writing code that's pretty good. And it's better than last time. And it's getting a little better. And I'm writing apps that let it automatically turn its code into little mini apps for me. And mm-hmm. they're there's a bit of a there's a bit of a um, challenging feeling. Even I feel about this, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I make guess, by the way. People don't know. Um, so, I think let's just be kind during a very trying time that we will be feeling. I think it'll be mm-hmm. increasingly trying, and it'll be important that we all try to empathize with each other. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think um, I think that's a that's a really great point to to kind of go into the next the next piece. Mm. Um, there, uh, the the kind of final piece that kind of wraps it between the two is PyTorch, but that's a bit technical. Yeah, uh, or we'll we'll kind of skip it this this week. But um, uh, kind of diving in, uh, Microsoft announced uh, updates so that they have AIs now used being used inside of their workflow tools um, and their their tools for work. Uh, you know, Google Docs, Google Slides. Let me share uh, my screen. Google Sheets and show. Um, absolutely, um, and then Microsoft similarly. Um, also released a uh, a similar announcement uh, as well on Thursday, um, announcing that uh, Microsoft Office 365 um, is also going to support um, uh, AI as well. Yeah, so which is what's on the screen here. Microsoft right here. I, I they have a better blog post that's like you know pretty in depth. And this video is really great. I'd recommend watching it. Just look up Microsoft announces Copilot or Microsoft Copilot 365. Something along those lines, um, and you'll see this on YouTube. And you'll get a nice video with examples. For those who can see my screen, um, just going through a, the Verge article that talks about it as well, too, because they have little, nice little gifts. But essentially, the idea is, um, you know, you want to um, write a document up. You can literally give it um, all kinds of, uh, like, content. You can say, like, you can see right here, draft a proposal in OneNote based off of another meeting note I had. Um, and then combine it with another document I have. And it create a draft for you, combine those two documents, and it gives you a nice table and timeline. You can keep it, you can modify it. Um, uh, there's tons of more things out here. The slideshow one I really, really enjoyed. You can see it right here. Um, it's just just really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're taking an existing document, they're giving yeah. that to the slideshow, and then the yeah. slideshow is being built based on that source document, which is yeah. just awesome. If you're, yeah. if you're a really good writer... Good. If you're good at building reports, but you're really bad at making slides, that's the AI for you. <laughs> yeah. It'll be able to comb through your emails and highlight the ones that are relevant for you in Outlook and reply to them automatically for you. And it's just like, it's a, it's a, it's this tool that can navigate through all of these things at once, but also individually focus on a page or, or, or an email for you. And um, it's sensible. It makes perfect sense as to why they're making this. 
And we look over here, and this is the one Google announced on uh, on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday or Tuesday? Who knows? I think it was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost the exact same thing. Um, you know, obviously, these two are going head to head on this. You can see, you know, uh, similar examples over here with like um, like this document was written up automatically by, uh, yes, how do you write? No, I don't cool. think you're sharing that. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Share this tab instead. We're just on the verge. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Cool. Got it. I'm learning how to share. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you can be like, uh, yeah, let me, let me just write up this document um, from uh, just a prompt based on the other document I have. And, and uh, it'll all just sort of work. Yeah. You'll see again from scratch. Help me write this out. Job posts for a regional sales rep. Um, cool. No problem. They have the same thing happening inside of the emails. The same thing happening inside of um, everything. They're, they have it for slides. They have it for Excel. Uh, not Excel. They have sheets, whatever it's called. Um, and I think this is, this is I, to some degree, even though it's the kind of the most boring um, uh, thing that's happening, it's also the most relevant thing that's happening in my mind. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Ben about this, and I feel like um, if you think of, think about the people who um, go to work, nine to five, work in an office, um, who have their own businesses, who... Um, you know, are in school and they are all using these tools. One or the other, really, mm-hmm. uh, almost all either Microsoft 365 or mm-hmm. Google Suite tools. Notion mm-hmm. also, to some degree, is getting popular and other tools like that. But um, those aren't like these workhorses that handle all of your different kinds of documents. They don't handle mm-hmm. sheets and, and docs and, and, and um, slideshows and all that kind of stuff um, mm-hmm. and emails. Mm-hmm. The, those tools are, are handled quite thoroughly by these two companies. Um, and what does it mean when the models that we have are deeply integrated into them and impact every single part of, it feels like, um, the regular Joes, um, you know, um, the everyday, the, I don't know, the everyday Susan. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the way I've seen that. Um, yeah, yeah. um, their, their lives. Yeah. I, th- I think a good, a good way to kind of like start a, a perspective on this is to first think about like, what's the existing experience? For everyone yeah. day to day right now. Um, so thinking about school, I think that's a great place. Everyone's gonna kind of been through that mm-hmm. and had to give, you know, write up a report, write, you know, some number of words. Um doing, you know, kind of word documents. Word has some some rough edges. Um, I know sometimes you get into these places where like the formatting is like off and like there's some margin that you can't get rid of, or like you're trying to set it up like just the right way, like it needs to be in uh MLA format for like submitting a paper. Um, there's all these sort of like formatting things, how your bibliographies are written, um, you know, how the document is presented. That is often this whole end of, uh, of thing that you have to kind of tackle. Um, I find that most people probably haven't used um, uh, sheets um, or, or, or uh, Excel uh, very much until you really get into like college um, and you're really doing mm-hmm. sort of like data modeling, or if you're in science, um, um, if you're in business, you're doing sort of accounting, um, you're building sort of um, some rule set um, for for how things work. But, you know, suffice it to say, um, pretty much everyone who has used Sheets or, or some sort of spreadsheet software um, has had to deal with the challenge of needing to learn this, this sort of language of, mm-hmm. of how to do things, this workflow of how to do things. So having an AI to sort of suggest how things work, even something as simple as like adding up a column. Um, I think, you know, my dad's run a business for a really long time. I don't know if he knows how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the benefit. And there's some really complicated things that I barely can do in Google Sheets that requires people who are basically, I think there's, I'm pretty sure like for Sheets and Excel, there's like licenses you can get mm-hmm. from being an expert in, the, in that. And mm-hmm. because you understand how to use the, complicated intricacies of the tool, the formulae, the, um, the, the tabs, the integrations with other tools, all of that stuff. Have you seen the like world championship of uh, Excel? No. It's like an eSport where, where, where <laughs> they have these challenges. <laughs> um, it's insane. Actually, I do recommend watching it. I'll try to I, it and I put it in the show notes. And yeah, so this is something we have to contend with in the future as well too. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you have um, slideshows. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you have the Google have the slides, I think, and uh, I, I forget what they call it in Microsoft. All the names are different. Um, mm-hmm. But same idea, a presentation that you can kind of share. The, mm-hmm. I recommend looking up those videos to get a chance later on, uh, listeners. They're really impressive. I'm terrible at writing up slides because I mm-hmm. sink so much time to them. This is 
tell me if this experience happens to you. Do like, I'm going to make some beautiful slides, great animations. It's going to go from one to the next perfectly. The paragraphs will animate nicely. I'll have images that are looking just right, centered well. Um, and so you based off this document work already. It's a huge document. I'm going to turn it into slots. Now you think, okay, shouldn't be too bad. Out. No. It ends up taking me like multiple days, week, mm-hmm. weeks sometimes. I'll be just like giving up and trying again later because there's so many mental roadblocks to switching context, number one, from this big text document to slides. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard. It's really hard to say, how do I take this paragraph into to points? It's probably not that hard in the end, pretty simple in the end, but your brain just doesn't want to do it. Then you have to mm-hmm. deal with um, the, the layout and composition, what feels right, which theme feels good. How do I make it pretty? Mm-hmm. Animations. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I made it mistake with animations. <laughs> so now in the, in the next like uh, day, to make it just right. Oh, it's still off. Um, so much of that work goes into just the nitty gritty of the all. What happens mm-hmm. when you basically have ninety percent of it done at uh, at a query? Say, hey, can you take the document I have over there and turn it into slides? Can you make them kind of like um, bright and bubbly and 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 you know give me some cool animations? Mm-hmm. Done automatically. Go in, you pick some things here and there. You can also talk it through and say, hey, this is a little bit too um, uh, wordy. Can you make it smaller and add an image below hand of like a duck? <laughs> because this is about ducks, you know, right? Uh, but something like that, anything, it, it'll, it'll just do it. Um, mm-hmm. That's powerful. That's, mm-hmm. It's powerful for that. It's powerful because it connects with your documents and connects with your, your, your Excel sheets and your mm-hmm. emails. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about emails? Like, like the examples you see are things like, being able to summarize a chain of emails for you, being able to tell you which emails it probably, probably priority for you. Like, oh, uh, these emails, I've read them all. Here's a summary of the most important things that are relevant for you. Uh, being able to automatically start a reply for you um, mm-hmm. and just have you like fix, fix it up, like tweak it, like tone is too formal, make it less mm-hmm. more casual, shorter, mm-hmm. and I'll edit it here, done. What, is, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing too is, especially now, um, your emails in a lot of places. You have a lot of like newsletters. You have a lot of different categories of email. Um, I think the biggest challenge is, yeah, knowing where emails are. Um, and you know, if you had an organization scheme, it's it's likely that at some point you stopped organizing it the same way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's unlikely you're you're still doing it the way you originally did it. Um, and so I think there's a a base challenge there. Of course, it's hard to find an email thread. Of course, it's hard to find, you know, some of those key things. If it's a very important email, you might, you know, know where things are, but it's also easy to lose track of where did I last look at this email mm-hmm. and what has happened since I last looked. Um, I think it's, there's some like just base challenges based on how it works, um, how you receive emails, um, there's also a lot of issues that people have. Um, say you're somebody who uses Outlook, uh, but you're talking to somebody who uses Gmail. The formatting of those emails is completely mm-hmm. different. Um, it's inconsistent across the two. Um, wouldn't it be nice if that formatted for you? Or if um, that format would even matter anymore. Because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you an example of one thing I want to see. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call this now. It's going to happen with either Outlook or Gmail. I'm going to mm-hmm. make it a feature drop for their, their AI. Probably not right away by the future. Um, you'll be able to go into your Gmail chat or something like that, or your, your Outlook chat and say, hey, can you go through all my emails and look for all my massage receipts? Um, uh, I get, I get, I get them in emails. Um, and can you extract the information, put it into an Excel document for me, do the summon table and tell me um, how much I spent and I have a total budget for massages of $1,000 a year, um, where each, each massage is covered for 100. Can you show mm-hmm. me uh, the diff that was uncovered, what I paid so far, what I have left? Mm-hmm. And... And kind of just write it up for me. Hypothetically speaking, I would love to do that sometimes. I, I have a thought and I'm like, oh, that'd be great. Am I going to do that? No. no <laughs> an hour of time. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. What if it took you five seconds? What if it took you mm-hmm. as long as saying it out loud? Mm-hmm. And what kind of powerful tools could you have to navigate and, and integrate with your, you know, your emails to your, your um, Excel docs, to your mm-hmm. um, Word docs or, or, or presentations? Who knows what? This is... Mm-hmm. new territory and i it's, think there's going to be a new way like new tutorials tutorials mm-hmm. aren't going to be about how to use the tools specifically it's how to talk to your tool mm-hmm. i think it'd be great too especially from like a benefits package like you know i went and I, I did all these expenses what could i write off in my like 
health savings account or my mm. wellness account or something like that, right? Go, yeah, go um, for my emails and tell and give me advice. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and, you know, tell me what, you know, isn't taxable. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I'll leave, with my, I'll leave with the taxes. I don't know. There's a lot of, uh, I think Stripe just announced something related to that. They did. But, Everybody's uh, announcing something where the integration with GPT-4 or otherwise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Google needs to get on it. They have their prompt APIs. <laughs> they need to really make sure that they're integrating. I, I mean, the reason why GPT-4 is moving faster than they can is because they know that Google's doing this and vice versa. Like this stuff is in the works for months. That, this isn't like a week long project. You know, as much as I do, I'm making an integration like this takes months and months and months. GPT-4, I know, rumor has it, it was done in August of last year and they're already training GPT-5s on newer machines and supercomputers. Um, and who knows what's happening behind Google's doors? Who knows what's happening behind other companies who are secretly in stealth, who are getting billions of dollars from, from like governments. There's mm-hmm. so much stuff that's still just like, coming down the pipeline in, in the near future. Um, sure. And it is unbelievable what we will be inundated with. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, sure. I, I don't know where I got, <laughs> I got the train of thought. I'm just overwhelmed. I'm just yeah. totally overwhelmed. Um, yeah. and, I think, and I think that, yeah, we're going to have to deal with a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because like we kind of start from this place where it's like, this is going to impact this very relatable space of like how we work every day. But then we know how deep it goes and we know how many other things it's already in. And so this just feels like it's sort of closing the gap a lot faster um, because it's something so relatable, like working on a Word document or working on a spreadsheet or working, you know, working on your deck um, and and sending emails, you know, your your dad, Uh, your dad was going to use this this tool soon. Your mom is um, (laughs) our siblings, our our kids, if we're, we're, you know, if we have children. Mm-hmm. And, and all aspects of life, whether or not we seek them out, they're going mm-hmm. to seek us out. Mm-hmm. The sim- similar way that you've already had sort of autocomplete in a lot of, uh, autocomplete has become like this super prevalent thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it's on every phone. Um, it's on Gmail. It's on, you know, Google um, search. Uh, people know what that is. There's a very strong literacy if you're using digital, you know, any browser or phone, uh, what those things are. I bet this is going to be very similar um, mm-hmm. in terms of like how this is going to integrate into these types of tools where it'll feel sort of the same and be somewhat amazing if you didn't know about it, if you didn't, didn't already have, have the understanding of what it, what it does. Yeah. Um, this feels like autocomplete scaled in a way that is um, uh, almost greater than some of its parts in a sense. Mm-hmm. If you think mm-hmm. this is 10 times autocomplete, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like 10 times. It feels like a new thing. Mm-hmm. Like auto-complete me a whole, whole um, like slideshow. Um, Absolutely. That's amazing. My first letter or my first prompt is this document. Um, mm-hmm. it, it'll, it, it's going to be really fascinating to see the conversation that builds off of this. I think I'm ready mm-hmm. to talk about this every single day of my life, um, but I don't know if everybody else is. And mm-hmm. it's going to be a thing that happens because at work, if you're in an office, Set on the office when they get that update to Microsoft. If they're Google Office, they'll get that update too. And mm-hmm. your students, if you're a teacher, are all going to start using that in their documents. Whether or not they've gone up to use GPT or GPT-4, um, mm-hmm. they'll just open up a Google Doc and say, I'm going to write an essay. And it's like, oh, you want an essay? Here it is for you. All done. Um, what does this mean for every aspect, every corner, every little nitty-gritty piece of our lives, especially mm-hmm. as these models get replaced by your GPT-5s? And your GPT sixes and your Palm twos, your Palm threes, and your who knows what they call the next competitor. And there will become mm-hmm. more competitors, big ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. So when uh, I don't know if you remember back in like the the World Fair um, and when mm-hmm. the World Fair was happening, there was I this... don't remember that, but I know. Yeah. Of that. I, know of that. I don't know if you know of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's better. Um, are you are an internal. <laughs> anyway, um, in any case, uh, back when the World Fair was happening, there there was this general sense of um, of optimism in mm. the world. Um, we have kind of gotten more and more into a place of of sort of pessimism to some degree um, in in terms of sort of um, how the general outlook on the future is. Um, mm-hmm. I think more and more people are uh, concerned about um, you know where things are going to be for their kids. Uh, I know. We've seen some bad things about that time. Certain people, uh, certainly a lot of people who grew up in the U.S. Um, believed that they were going to get better jobs than their parents. 
did. Mm. And then when, you know, factories left and jobs changed, um, that didn't end up being the case. And so you've got this sort of generation that feels like they didn't get what they were owed. Um, there's a book, Hillbilly Elegy, that talks a lot about that. Um, but um, when we kind of look at, you know, this this insurgence of or this um, this uh, swelling of optimism that happened um, across a lot of different countries um, around, um, you know, World War II era, um, we really saw this general belief in a excitement about the future. Mm. Um, and there's this really great article that I read about um, how we should be telling good stories um, and how we should be thinking about, you know, um, there's the science of sort of what's happening today. And that's impressive, but also thinking about like, what is like the positive vision of like what that could become mm -hmm. um, and, and really seeing it through, right. And seeing it through as like this, this general belief um, too much. I think of, of, of the stories and the, the thinking that we have about these things is, is really focused on the scariness of it. Yeah. And trying to get us to a safe place, um, which is important. And, I will yeah, say it's, it's important not. to be, critical and important to look at everything with a lens of, you know, what could go right and or wrong, not just right. Mm -hmm. But I you know in sci-fi, um, mm -hmm. it's very common in sci-fi to write dystopian sci-fi. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, people talk about why that is all the time. But one thing I've always gone back to is that it's really, really hard <laughs> to write a good utopian story. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really hard. How, what does that look like? What does that sound like? Mm -hmm. What is a, what is a world made better by this technology you use look like to you? Um, and uh, I think, I think while it's important to look at and concern yourself with how things go wrong, mm -hmm. I almost feel like if you don't think about how they can go right, um, it'll never be made to manifest, you know, mm -hmm. like part like, of it's kind of like when yeah. you're, yeah, like when you're skiing, they tell you like not to look at trees because if mm. you start looking at the trees, you're going to go into a tree, yes. you know, it, to some degree there, there is a, a, a general <laughs> you, you're you're going to follow where you're looking. You're going to see what you're looking at. Um, yeah. A, a lot of the, the things that we have in our world today from technology are built off of some of the utopian sci-fi that we, we've grown up with. Star Trek. Mm -hmm. um, some of it is in, in other books and series that I won't get into the seniority. Um, <laughs> but, but people like, you know, are building what they imagine those those pieces of, of, these, of those worlds could look like in the future. So... Mm -hmm. The things that we dream up, the things we will, that we hope for, the things that we want to, to come to pass, um, can come to pass. Not from some magical, you know, wishing and realization from the universe necessarily, but from, mm -hmm. you know, our, our, the ideas that we share um, with each mm -hmm. other, inspiring mm -hmm. us to build those beautiful, wonderful things. Um, mm -hmm. And hopefully that can, you know, win out against all the, the potentially scary things that can happen from this. Because we can have a, a world that looks so different, so exciting, so fun. Um, mm. Even like to, the most boring um, optimism is all the boring drudgery of work that you paid to do. What would it, what would it be like if you didn't have to um, run up every uh, Excel document with all the care and effort you put in today or the mm -hmm. slideshows or the, um, the docs, the documentation? Um, mm -hmm. What if it could just be more like you talking to your computer and it mm -hmm. knowing what you want and doing it for you? That's mm -hmm. the world people are literally trying to build right now. And mm -hmm. that's, that's science fiction. That's magic. Mm -hmm. Hopefully absolutely. it goes well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it'll, you know, it, it'll, it'll help inform sort of those conversations with, with those people. Like we mentioned before, there's a lot of emotionally charged aspects there. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there's this balancing thing. We do want to like have a optimistic outlook. Um, and I think that's sort of what we've learned to like the podcasts and like the, the articles that we write. It's what um, I'm trying to do exactly what I'm talking about. I'm hoping to to inject some of my hopes and dreams into the world, and yeah, maybe if not that needle. Exactly, exactly. Um, so if that's interesting to you, if you like that vision, if you like uh, this continued sort of outlook, we're not only looking at the good stuff. We're of course taking into account mm -hmm. um, where things could go poorly, but um, using that to help inform a a view of of where things could go. So yeah. Um, I guess it, with that, um, any, any last words uh, from you, Dale? Ben, you are a treat. Uh, you are a pleasure. And you are um, uh, a champion of righteousness. We're going to go extra here. <laughs>
Uh, I don't know why I'm not in. Except you're in some of your D&D games. I feel like that's out of the bar. I am playing uh, a wizard right now. I feel like that's not the most righteous. Not quite righteous. Yeah, you know, a paladin. Like, yeah, I do find the wizard quite fits you. You're you're always bringing together all these uh, all the articles, uh, pretty much everything that is announced. I feel like you've got a, a detail that you're <laughs> like, oh, I know that that relates to these five other things, um, and we could talk for days about everything. <laughs> uh, that's so. that's me, and we'll yeah. spread those days out over many a podcast. Indeed, so indeed. We'll we'll see you all soon and talk to you more yeah. about um, the things that are interesting and happening in the world today when it comes to you know AI um, yeah. and video for the first time we'll see it on ghosts we have some technical difficulty we'll see if ben can edit that out and uh move forward um but yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get it we'll figure it out yeah this 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 release may take a little bit extra time so this came <laughs> this came a little bit late and there's already chat gpt5 or, or Journey six <laughs> you'll know why <laughs> so all right thanks everybody all right have a good thanks one. all see ya